causing something on this earth to affect you. Okay? But Jesus says this. Jesus says this, It was neither this that this man sinned, nor his parents. But it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Jesus was, was not saying that this man or his parents didn't sin. That's, but they were sinners. They were just like you and me. But what he was saying, he said it's not about sin. But it is about the works of God. That the works of God might be displayed in him. And let me tell you, that's a tough teaching. He, he was blind so that, so that God would be glorified. That's a little tough, isn't it? Why would God do that to an individual? Why would God do that to... Why would God make him blind so that he could have glory? So that God could be glorified? Why would God make this person suffer? So that he could have glory? People will ask, what kind of God would do that? People will ask, what kind of God would do that? A God that has created everything for his glory. Everything for His glory. <laughs> a God that calls all people to Him. A, a God that sent His one and only Son to this earth to be born of a virgin birth. Uh, to, to be born in the flesh. To walk this earth. To be, to be beat, spit on, ridiculed, tempted but never sinned. Hung on a cross to be crucified. To die. To lay in a grave three days, but not stay there. Be risen from the grave three days later. Right? To walk this earth. To walk this earth. And then ascend to our God. That's the God that desires and deserves our glory. And I'll tell you what, it's a hard teaching. If He wants to use somebody to bring glory to Him, that's our God. You know what? I pray that God's glory will be displayed in me. I pray that, that He will use me to display Himself. And I pray that's our prayer. That no matter what, He will get all glory. All glory. See, Jesus says, we must work the works of Him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming. When, when no one can work, as, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Church, I, I want you to get this. Jesus is, is not talking about the sun going down and night falling. It's not what He's talking about. He's talking about night's coming. The time of crucifixion is on its way. It's fastly approaching. Night's coming when, when I will not be able to do the works of the Father here on earth that He has sent me to do. So I need to do them now. See, uh, it's a great reminder to us as followers of Christ that night is fastly approaching. None of us want to think about that, right? The days are numbered. The days are coming to an end for, for each one of us. We, we don't know when that day is. Right, right, but but night is falling, and, and, and in that we should be doing the works of the Father. Man, if we're followers of Christ, we should be wanting to be doing the works of the Father because one day 
night will fall on us. And we will not walk this earth anymore. Anymore. It will be done. So we should desire every day to wake up wanting to do the works of the Father, just as Jesus said He wanted to do. But it's also a great reminder of those maybe sitting on the fence. Those maybe sitting on the fence saying, well, I believe there's a God, but I don't know if I agree with Jesus being the Christ. Let me just tell you that if you believe there is a God, read John. Read John so that you can believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And know, and know, and know, and know that in Him you will have life. In Him there is life. And if you choose that light, you will never walk in darkness. And I, I, that's not a statement I want you to take lightly. Because truly, if we're followers of Him and we have chosen to follow the light, Him, we will not walk in darkness. That's a good thing. That should make you just well up inside, put a smile on your face and feel good about the decision you've made to follow Christ. And He's right there with us all along the way. And we can say, just as a blind man, I can now see. I can now see. You see, as we read on, we get to see this amazing miracle of Jesus. Take dirt, spit on it, make mud, clay, put it in His eyes. And make this man see. And I don't want to make a joke about this at all. So please don't take it that way. But... but there is a miracle working power of spit. And I think that moms have fully taken this example literally. Okay, because <clears throat> there can be a stain on any child's face, and that child's mom can lick her finger and whoop, and it's gone. <laughs> Hair sticking up just a little bit. Mom just it doesn't matter how much the wind's blowing, right? It'll stick it down. It's like a you took it literally, this example of Jesus spit in the clay. <laughs> Seriously, though, the, uh, quite, quite, a, quite a miracle that John records for us. Quite a miracle that John records for us uh, of what Jesus did. A uh, man blind from birth. N never had he seen a sunset. <laughs> Never had he looked across the field and seen the beauty of it. Maybe some wildflowers coming. He never got to see his family's face. Ever. Ever. And, and Jesus takes dirt and, and his saliva and makes this mud. And I don't know why he used this method. I don't know why this is the way he did it. He could have just touched him and made him see. You know he could have. But he didn't. He spit in the dirt and made clay and mud and put it on his eyeballs. There's one a lot of people who want to fight over why he I don't care why he used that method. I just know that's what he did. That's what he did. I'm good with that. So, and then he tells him. Then he tells him, go wash. Go wash and pull a slow, which means scent. And, and I'm just going to let you ponder on that for a minute. Yeah, think about that. The Bible makes a point to say the pool of Siloam means sin. Why is it pointed out? Yeah, I'll let you think about that for a little while. But I want you to think, though, about the faith that this blind man had. Think about the faith that this blind man had to go to the pool. 
Right? We know that he knew that it was Jesus. Because when we read on a little bit further, he could answer who did it. So we know that he knew that it was Jesus. And my guess is, is that he had heard about Jesus. He, he didn't see him, but he heard about him, right? He heard all this stuff about him. And, and Jesus puts this on his eyes and tells him to go. Think of the faith that he, that he had <coughs> to go and wash this mud off his face, off his eyes. And when he went there, I want you to think of the feeling that this man had to have had as he washed off his eyes and he opened them for the first time now and got to see light. Can you imagine that? This was a grown man. I, some people want to think, well, he was younger, but no, he's of age. His parents say he's of age. So he's a, he's a man. And never in his life he had ever seen light. And for the first time, he washes this off and he opens his eyes and he sees light. Can you imagine the feeling? Can you imagine the celebration that was going on? I mean, truly. Uh, how to be a celebration? We'll get back to that. But I want you to see that, that, that verse 7, that the last part of verse 7, it says, So he went and washed and came back seeing. That means he came back to where Jesus put the mud on his eyeballs. He came back there. He, he came back there and, and all this commotion's going on. It says the neighbors started talking, right? Oh, neighbors are good at that, aren't they? The neighbors started talking and they're, and they're having this discussion about whether this is truly the blind man or it's not the blind man. Oh, it, it's him. Yeah, No, it just looks like him. Must have had a twin brother or something. I, I don't know what was going on, but but how they know that he could see? You ever thought of that? How they know that he could see? That, that it doesn't tell us that he was came up there and told all the neighbors, "Hey, I can see now." It doesn't say that. But you see, I think this dude was in full blown celebration mode because he could see. He could see colors. He could see light. He could see his family. He could see people. And it was full-blown celebration. I, I think he was singing. <laughs> I can see clearly now, right? What do you think he was singing? Christy said he was singing Amazing Grace. <laughs> but seriously, this dude had to be celebrating, right? I mean, full-blown celebration. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been in that full-blown celebration of joy? So, so full of joy that you just can't handle it. Man, that's where I want to be. I, I, he, he's celebrating. And, and here he is. And all these people around you are being naysayers. They're saying, then how, then how did you get to see? Then how did you get to see? Who, how did, who opened your eyes? Right? It, Verse 11, he answered the man. He answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So he went and washed and received and received my sight instantly. This once blind man got to tell his story over and over and over again. And 
And we get to a dialogue that makes me chuckle just a little bit. Maybe I shouldn't, but it makes me chuckle a little bit. When we get to verses 13 through 23, and I'm not going to read it because we already read it, but, but I think, oh my, oh my, is this us? When I read this, is this us? Do we sound like this when we're arguing about God's Word? Do, do we get tied up in, in things? I, I know I preached it two weeks ago, but, but do, we get, do we get tied up in things of this world that influence us as Christians in our, in, in our perspective of truth? And do we sound like this? See, the Jews first uh, have a division amongst themselves whether Jesus is a sinner or not. Or whether He's from God, or, or how can this happen? How could, how could He do this on a Sabbath? To I don't believe you. They didn't believe you. And so they say, I want, I want to talk to your parents. You're a grown man, but I still want to talk to your parents. Church, if you ever call my parents in here to talk... I mean, really, that's what they're doing, right? They're, they're saying, come on, bring your parents in here so we, so we can know, have true testimony. <laughs> and this is what they say. We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. They admit it. This is our, absolutely, this is our son, but he was born blind. But how he now sight, sees, we, we don't know. Nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's of age. He will speak for himself. Listen, verse 22. I think this is a very important verse that's put in here. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, he is of age. Ask him. See, the sad part is, is that they knew that Jesus was the one that healed their son. Because I guarantee the son already told them. That's why it's written in here, because they knew that they'd be kicked out of the synagogue if they even mentioned the name of Jesus. They knew who healed their son. But they passed the buck. They passed the buck on to their son. Guys, listen to me. I pray this morning that I stand strong no matter who comes at me. No matter who comes at me throwing Jesus at me, no matter what they say they'll do, I pray that I stand strong. And I, I pray that I never pass the buck. That I never pass the buck on anybody here in this church, my own family, that I stand strong for Jesus Christ. And I hope you pray that same prayer for yourself. That you stand strong. His parents said he's of age, ask him. Because they didn't want the consequences. They didn't want to deal with the wrath of the Jewish leaders. They didn't want to be kicked out. But now, we get to see this blind man who, who once was blind stand strong. I mean, stand strong. And I want you to wrap your mind around this. He hadn't confessed Jesus yet. 
He had not confessed Jesus yet. He did not have the Holy Spirit living in him. And he still stands strong. He stands strong. And we get to watch his faith grow as this conversation goes on. And they question him. But you can see that he just keeps getting annoyed and more annoyed. And he reminds them that he's already answered all of their questions. I've already answered your question. You've asked me this already. I've already told you the truth. Well, why do you want to hear it again, he says? Do you also want to become a disciple of Jesus? I mean, okay, I want you to think about this because these Jews hated Jesus. Hated him with a passion. They wanted to kill him. They're trying to kill him. They get him killed, but they're trying to kill him. And he says, I, I'm guessing that this was a younger man. He was a, he was a man, but younger. And he stands up there and says to these Jews, who he knows hates him, what, do you want to be there yourself too? <laughs> he knew. He knew what would happen. But yet he did it anyway. I love that part of this story. He stood so strong. But you see, it's been said that when you have no case, abuse the plaintiff. Abuse him. And that's exactly what happened here. The, the Pharisees failed at shaking this man's testimony. They couldn't budge him. They couldn't budge him. He continued to answer it correctly over and over and over again, and they couldn't budge him. So they begin to abuse him. They begin to abuse him. They accuse him of being a disciple of Jesus, like it's the worst thing in the world. Now, let me just tell you right now, I pray that I get to be, be told that I'm a disciple of Jesus, be, be confronted with that. Man, could you imagine? But then, then they, they say, well, we're disciples of Moses, like that's the greatest thing in the world. We get the privilege of stepping back and looking at this and saying, my goodness, y'all had it wrong. Bad wrong. I mean, if they would have just, they would just stepped back for a second. Just for a, a second and believe the writings of Moses, they would have known that Jesus was the Christ. The Son of God. They would have known it. And if they would have just thought for a second, just a little bit, they, they would have realized that Moses never, ever gave sight to a man that was born blind. Never. And here Jesus did. Listen to me. A greater than Moses was in their midst. A greater than Moses was in their midst and they didn't realize it. Couldn't even see it. This once blind man's boldness grew even more. He questioned him and he, he points out the truth to them. He says, never in history, never in all of history, all, all of history, all from time, the beginning of time, never had a man been healed that was born blind. Never. And he points it out to him. He's like, look at me, I'm a miracle. I'm a miracle. Never has this happened. Are you really questioning whether Jesus is from God? Are you really asking that question right now? And verse 33 says, if this man were not from God, 
he can do nothing. Yeah. And the Pharisees are so mad. They become just boiling with anger. And they tell him, you were born in complete sin. You are such a sinner. And you're trying to teach us? You're trying to teach us? You... Is that our world today? And you say you're a Christian and they'll try to find everything wrong with you and say, who are you to tell me? Uh, this guy was a sinner. Just like you and me. But Jesus said from the beginning, it's not about sin. It's not about sin. It's not about sin. And then the Pharisees get so angry that they kick him out. But they don't just kick him out. They turn their backs to him. They say, you are gone. You are not part of us anymore. Uh, uh, this happens today in, in um, Amish, Mennonite world. Um, they shun them. If you want to think anything different than what they believe, then we'll, we'll shun you. And, and what that means is that you can't even come and eat dinner with your family at the same table. That's what this guy was being. He was being kicked out completely. I mean, he couldn't even come back and, and, and be with his family. They're saying you need to leave and be gone. I, I want you to hear that. that. That's how much he lost for standing strong. He lost everything. They, they kicked him out. And now Jesus seeks him out. And now Jesus comes and finds him. Je Jesus finds him and, and He says, don't worry about them. Don't worry about them. And He invites him to a personal relationship with just a few simple words. A, a personal relationship of faith. And He tells this man, Do you believe in the Son of God? Do you believe in the Son of God? He said, who is that, sir? Who is that? And pretty much Jesus said, it is I. It is I. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped. Lord, I believe. And he worshiped. Jesus asked you the same question this morning. Do you believe in the Son of God? Do you believe in the Son of God? That's the question that Jesus is asking you. Can you say the same thing as this once blind man said? I was blind, but now I can see. I was blind, but now I can see. Are you saying this morning, yes, Lord, I believe? If you're saying that, it's time to worship. I'm going to invite the music team to come up. If you are saying that, it's, it's time to worship. Let me just tell you, today is the day. Today is the day to be as bold as this blind man, this once blind man was. He was not going to be shaken. Didn't matter who was coming at him. 
It didn't matter what their title was. It didn't matter who they were. He was not going to be shaken. I'm going to ask you to stand on your feet. I want you to stand up and, and, and move just a little bit. So stand up with me, if you will. And if you're already walking with the Lord, and you have confessed Him as Lord, and, and you believe in your heart that He is Lord, and, and you believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, and you stand in that, I want you to be praying for the boldness of the Holy Spirit to help you stand strong and not be shaken. To not be shaken. If you have not made that decision this morning that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, why not? I'm just going to shoot straight with you. I'm going to try to be bold here. Why not? If you believe that there is a God, why don't you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? I want to encourage you to open up your heart this morning. To soften it. To, to, to look at who Jesus is. This whole Gospel is written so that you will know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that when you believe that, you'll have life in His name. And I don't want to be anybody here this morning to allow night to come and not confess it. To not confess it. There's no reason, no reason you're standing here this morning to not confess Him as Christ and know what true life is. Our God is so good. And He deserves all glory. And I just want to tell you this morning that if you have been shaken here and you've been standing maybe not so strong and you need prayers, I'm going to pray with you. The elders here are going to pray with you. Anything that has been, been rough in your life, we, we want to pray with you. We want to lift you up. So as we sing here in just a minute, if you need prayers, I'm going to be in the back. Will you please come back there? And, and we want to we want to wrap you up in love and pray with you. Guys, today's the day to say that I will not be shaken. I will not be shaken. Let's go to him in prayer. Father God, I thank you for the love that you poured out on us. I thank you that you are a God that has created everything, everything that we have ever seen or ever will see, you created, God. And God, you, you are not the God that, that thinks you're so big that you wouldn't send your only son. You said, I want my people to come to me. And you sent the perfect sacrifice to die so that we can be covered. We, we can be forgiven of sin. It doesn't matter how big or small or, or how many times we've done it. You forgive us when we come to you and confess and repent. And you say, my son's blood covers you and I see you white as snow. And I thank you for that. Lord, I pray this morning that we will not be shaken. That we stand strong in you. And if anything's shaken us, Lord, we just lift it up to you and give it to you. Lord, I pray if anybody's struggling this morning needs needs that prayer that, that we'll just they'll just come to the back and, and have that, that faith to, to take those steps, just like this blind man walked to the pool. Lord, I pray that people will do that this morning. And just trust in you and just lay it at your feet. 
and we're going to lift them up in prayer to you. God, I thank you. I thank you that we get to do that. Lord, I thank you for every person here this morning. I thank you for your love. I thank you for this community, this church. And it's good, God. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.